Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another edition of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. I, as you hear, am not your host, Blair Angulo. My name is Lance Glenn. Usually, I'm the producer of this great podcast, and of course, Blair is the host. But today, we decided that, hey, let's, let's switch roles. So joining me on today's episode, so happy to have him on as a guest, is your normal host, Blair Angulo. Blair, how are we doing? Thanks so much for coming on. Is it, you know, enjoyable to be hopping on for one? not as the interviewer but as the interviewee this is really weird like i feel like a player manager like i i called myself into the game i'm hitting third i put myself in that spot i got runners on base let's get going I, it, this is this is very strange but it's fun you know it's fun and, and i can't wait to be interviewed instead of asking the questions yeah you know for once now people because you know everyone obviously hears you asking the questions but not many people get to hear your responses to the questions that you're asking obviously but for now or at least for once people are going to hear what you have to think more than what other people have to think when they come on this recruiting podcast so i'm happy that you're joining me as we discuss pac-12 media days from a recruiting perspective so to speak as obviously you were there on tuesday and for everyone listening we are going to hit on five of the pac-12 schools we're going to hit on ucla arizona state Oregon, Washington, and Washington State. So Blair, I want to start with the Bruins. You spoke with head coach Chip Kelly about a new apparel deal that just began with UCLA, and that is with the Jordan brand. How big of an effect does he think the move to Jordan brand could have on recruiting when it comes to things like the apparel they have or the uniforms that they wear? I think he believes it could make a difference, you know, and, and I think in this modern era of college football and in this day and age of name, image and likeness and, and player branding, when you're able to go to a program that is now the flagship Jordan brand program out West and the only one in the Pac-12, I, I think it, it gives UCLA a nice little touch, a nice little recruiting pitch that they can use on the recruiting trail to offer recruits and say, hey, come and play, you know, as a Jordan brand school, play in these uniforms, play with this marketability and, and the ability to kind of take your own brand to the next level. And, you know, it was interesting. He, he said that UCLA, for the most part, is one of those schools that passes the airport test. And what he meant by that was if you're walking through an airport, if you're going through the lobby or whatever it may be, and you see a TV and there's a college football game on the, you know, in the corner of your eye, UCLA is one of those recognizable uniforms, you know, the Alabamas, he mentioned Penn State, it's those schools that have, uh, in a way, a, a kind of a historic, prestigious uniform that you just know that's who's on the field right now. And he doesn't anticipate changing anything. He doesn't feel like UCLA needs to go flashy or have a shiny new colorway or, or have a number of, of uniform combinations like he did at Oregon when they were with Nike. And obviously, we know what Oregon has been able to do with that brand. But I do feel like he senses that this shift from Under Armour to Jordan brand is going to allow UCLA to recruit a little bit better and, and perhaps get some recruits that maybe were turned off by Under Armour or weren't really paying attention to what UCLA was wearing. So on to Arizona State, Blair, the NCAA is, look, obviously investigating the program and the allegations of recruiting violations that may have occurred during the dead period. How do you think Herm Edwards responded to being pushed on the topic? And did he mention at all if it will or frankly has already affected Arizona State's recruiting? 
You know, I don't think that they believe it's going to have an effect, but I think deep down, everyone realizes that this isn't the same situation for Arizona State that maybe Herm Edwards and that whole staff were having heading into the summer. You know, I I think now there are more question marks about the future of the program and the outlook and whether or not Herm Edwards will be there along with some of the other coaches. Uh, Obviously, the NCAA review went through and, and there is, you know, an ongoing investigation. There was a tight ends coach being put on leave uh, recently earlier this week. So I think there are some moving parts here and it it could create an effect. Remember, recruits want to know what the outlook of a program is going to be, what the potential is of winning a conference championship and and developing and playing professionally and winning a, a, a championship and all that sort of stuff. I think it all matters. And when that future outlook gets a bit muddied or there are some questions lingering about, you know, whether a coach will be there or whether he won't be there. I think it's pretty important. And these questions I, I know are being asked by recruits and their families. Now, I, I'm sure a lot of recruits also understand that maybe the allegations, right, the violations that this program committed uh, during the non-contact period, during the dead period when uh, visit, visits were allegedly taking place on campus, it, it's probably a minor thing in the eye of the normal recruit. Uh, but I do feel like it, it's one of those interesting interesting dynamics to see how much this could affect ASU, which had been building some momentum. You know, they return a lot of talented starters. They have a lot of production back. They have a marquee name at quarterback in Jaden Daniels. And in, in, in this year, th- this could be the season that Herm Edwards takes ASU to that next step, to that next level in the Pac-12. So for this to be lingering as as a potential recruiting uh, roadblock per se, uh, it's it's a significant thing not only to monitor now, but just depending on kind of what shakes out. Yeah, certainly. Obviously, Arizona State of school been under fire a lot this offseason, and it'll be interesting to see, like you said, what shakes out with the NCAA and this investigation. As we move on to Oregon, Mario Cristobal really credited their big time recruiting to what they do on campus. What did he say about those events and the impact that they have had on bringing in future ducks into the program? You know, we're in the era right now of holding big mega recruiting events, and no one has been doing it out West as well as Oregon. They every year they, they have a Saturday night live event, which actually coincides with this coming weekend. They have a camp, they have a workout, they do it all inside Austin stadium they're able to tour facilities as a recruiting staff with the prospects they invite families and it's a very strategic approach by Mario Cristobal because he brings in all the top targets at the same time the recruits are able to mingle and interact and and get a feel for each other and the program at the same time and I think the the timing of it is the other aspect that's pretty important, right? Like this is the final thing that you do as a recruit before you start focusing on your upcoming season, before you get back with your own team. So it leaves that final impression before decisions start to be made, before lists get get cut down, before recruits start deciding on which official visits they're going to take. And so when you think about Oregon, all the success they've they've had under Mario Cristobal, three consecutive number one classes in the Pac-12. The only school right now nationally in the top 25 from the Pac-12 finishing in the top 10 last year. I mean, they have been doing a terrific job in the region and nationally as well. So when you couple that with a big recruiting event, 
and probably the biggest recruiting event out West heading into to the end of the summer. Uh, I, I think it's very indicative of how they approach it and they do it in a very SEC way. Remember Cristobal coming over from uh, the East? He has so many ties nationally and, and I think it shows with the way Oregon is trying to recruit. Yeah, and you mentioned towards the end of the summer and, you know, we see so often recruits saying that they want to decide before their high school season start. So to do an event at the end of the summer, right before the high school season does begin for so many players, it's a good way for him to kind of get the last impression in uh, to these recruits that they obviously are targeting two more teams to go, Blair. Washington head coach Jimmy Lake has been hindered by, and look, as have a lot of other Pac-12 coaches, they've been hindered by top recruits leaving the region and going elsewhere. Take a look at the state of Washington's 2021 recruiting class. JT Tuimoloau and Emeka Egbuka went to Ohio State. Julian Simon went to USC. Junior Alexander went to Arizona State. Those last two obviously staying in the region, but obviously leaving the state of Washington. And look, this is not me bashing Washington. They signed Sam Heward, a five-star quarterback. They signed a few other in-state four-stars as well, but they've clearly been burdened by players leaving. And the same thing in 2020. They got Savelle Smalls, but then lost G. Scott Jr. to Ohio State as well. What did Jimmy Lake say about in-state recruiting, where it's at right now, and if they need to leave the region even for top talent? Yeah, and I think this was the question that they posed to him was, does Washington need to start evaluating prospects on a national platform if they're going to miss on some of the local stars like JT Tuimolowal, right? Like like those guys that they should be in on and be a finalist for and possibly sign. And his response was a, an interesting one because I, he, he believes that there is enough talent out West, especially in the state of Washington and in the the other footprints, Texas, Arizona, Southern California, even the state of Oregon, out in Hawaii, in Utah, they do a really good job of identifying talent. They identify it early and they pursue that talent very, very strongly. Once they zero in on a possible target, it's hard to find a a staff out west that does a better job of staying consistent and persistent with that with those players. But with that being said, could they be leaving some talent on the table, some available prospects that would be open to playing in the Pacific Northwest? You know, he mentioned that there are some players that they have to turn away. There are some lifelong Washington fans that maybe grew up wanting to play for the Huskies when they were younger, but they don't really pursue some prospects that that they could easily get. So I think it's a very it's a selective way for them to do it. They're going to have to be able to pick and choose some of their battles when they go outside the footprint, when they go outside the region. But for the most part, they believe that they have enough out West to be able to continue to win and to get this program back to where it was with, with Chris Peterson. Remember, this team is only a few years removed from being right there in the college football playoff, winning. Had they won maybe one of those big non-conference games to start the year, we could be talking about Washington instead of Oregon from a national recruiting standpoint. Yeah, certainly. You know, it's hard, I feel like, especially when these power programs come into your state, Ohio State, Alabama, for example, to win every battle. But obviously Washington, they and and Jimmy Lake certainly feel like that state and that region is enough to obviously propel them to that level. Lastly, with Washington State, all the news surrounding the program is head coach Nick Rolovich's decision not to get vaccinated and the reaction from the university and fans. And obviously he was not there at Pac-12 Media Days. He had to attend remotely via Zoom. Did he mention that at all, you know, his decision and what role do you think that can play moving forward for Washington State recruiting? 
you know, he, he read a statement at the start of his availability and he kept referring back to that statement when people were asking follow-up questions about his decision not to receive the vaccine. But I, I will say that for him, I think this year is more important than it, than it, than it ever will be for in his tenure at Washington State. Remember last year, his first year after arriving from Hawaii, he gets on campus. He's there for probably a week and a half or a month and a half, almost two months, and then the world shuts down and the pandemic hits and no on-campus visits happen. And that's the honeymoon period for a first-year coach, a brand new hire, a guy that's bringing in a very sexy offense and an up-tempo style and an energetic, charismatic coach with a staff that likes to recruit. And they get the rug swept from underneath them and, and or pulled from underneath them. And, and they're not able to recruit in person. And that could really affect things. So they had to do a lot of the recruiting through Zoom, through virtual means, and then showing recruits what they can do on the field. Now, this year, obviously, things are a bit more back to normal. On-campus visits are allowed. In-person contact is allowed. And now he's deciding not to take the vaccine. So it's going to be interesting to see if there are any recruits or their families who maybe are a bit skeptical or a bit hesitant to get up to Pullman, knowing that the head coach at Washington State has decided not to take the vaccine, whether they want to be around him or, or, or that or that program for two or three days during an official visit weekend. You know, it's his decision in the end, but I do feel like there could be some ramifications there from a recruiting standpoint. Um, so that's going to be one of the storylines to monitor for sure from a recruiting angle, specifically with Washington State. Look, as you know, out West, Pac-12 recruiting, it certainly never stops. And there are so many storylines for each team, for all five teams that we talked about, as well as the other seven that we didn't. Blair, thanks so much for coming on. I know you'll be on vacation next week, so enjoy the week off. I'll do my best here to hold down the fort while you're gone. I appreciate it, Lance. I I wouldn't have it any other way. I'm glad you're going to be filling in, and I can't wait to tune in. There's going to be cookouts and barbecues throughout the country this weekend, so make sure to tune in to 247sports.com for all the latest on your favorite team. For Blair and Gulo, I am Lance Flynn. Enjoy your weekend, everyone, and tune in next week for the next edition of the 247 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.